Uh, hello and welcome to episode 58 yes. of what we're listening to. My goodness. Um, hello, my name is Josh. I am one of your hosts. And with me as always is my good friend, uh, Asher. The N stands for Norm. How are you, sir? <laughs> it's a silent N, by the way. You can't find it. In yeah, the- yeah. On which part of mine? Yeah, which end is it? At the beginning? Nasher. Nah, yeah, it's at the it's at the very beginning. Um, how yes, are you doing? Norm, Norm has been a part of my week, figuring out his narrative, Norm. third parties, observing his actions, etc. Yeah, I'm quite excited because normally, um, in terms of like media releases. January is quite a sparse month because nobody wants to put anything mm. out in January because it's after Christmas and everyone's kind of tired yeah. already. So February is like where things kick off. And so um, we we have a lot to talk about. I I have myself 12, maybe 13 honorable mentions. I'm going to cut some of them down. Um, but there's, there's stuff <laughs> coming out. I'll just get out. rid of mine. You can <laughs> go for it if you like. It's exciting. Um, yes. And I thought, as it is also the season... Mm. I would start off with our quiz with your favorite award ceremony, the Grammys, oh. Asher. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I know so much about the Grammys. All right, this is this is a pretty this is a pretty simple one. Sure. Um, somebody this year set a new record for the most winningest amount of Grammys ever. Uh, I think replacing. Uh, who's that music producer? Uh, Quincy Jones. Okay. Um, so this person now has 32 Grammy wins. Do you know oh who this person is, Asher? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'd be tempted to say someone like, I don't know, Pharrell Williams or Bruno Mars. I don't know. Cause they're involved in like songwriting and stuff too. But I don't know. I honestly... All I've followed is that Sun Lux won some stuff. So, oh, you know, sweet. Good for them. I think, or at least it was nominations. I don't know. Uh, that's all I know. I'm sorry. You have a stab with Bruno Mars then? Uh, sure. The correct answer is Beyonce, sir. Oh, nice. Um, ironically, I think cool. she didn't actually win Album of the Year, which she was nominated for, but she won four other awards that night. Right. Bringing her up to, nice. bringing her up to 30, 32 Grammys. Cool. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's a huge <laughs> amount of Grammys. I mean, I honestly, there is so much stuff that like these kinds of awards, like the Oscars and whatever other things there are happening around that I don't actually know much about like the process. Yeah. Like, I hear about a Grammy. You're like, cool. Like, how is this decided? Is it like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Is it popular th- vote? Is it something else? I think... I'm not a hundred percent. I think the Grammys are organized by uh, RIA, the Recording Industry of America. Um, okay. As opposed to the ones that are like localized, um, like the Arias or what's the Canadian one, the Junos, which are given out mm. by like our ABC, CBC equivalents kind of thing by the government. So it's what's Grammys right. are a little more yeah. freewheeling and strange. I feel like sure. So it's like a private company rather than like yeah some sort of yeah government body, which is why you get all these kind of weird things like you know world music categories and that kind of stuff, which are like everybody's kind of it's a big question mark. Anyway, um, congrats cool. to Beyonce. I'm sure she needs uh, all the attention she gets. Um, do you have any catch up, sir? <laughs> um, 
I don't know if it's catch up. It's kind of like news, or maybe you're going to put this in honorable mentions. But sure, Black Country New Road have hmm. their live album coming out soon. Like, so I haven't delved much into this. Have you checked out like what this is about? Like whether this is new material or A old material. Bit. I know they have been yeah. playing new songs at yeah. concerts around London. Hmm. So I have no idea what this is actually going to be. I don't think it's going to be any of the songs from the previous records. Yeah. I get the feeling like it's new material and it's an interesting way to present new material, like in mm. a live setting and not give people what sometimes is considered the proper version, you know, first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a I, yeah. I've been looking at the little trailer and it's cool how Greep's in there. Um, what's his yeah, the lead singer of Black Midi. Black Midi, um, yeah. And, and then it's it's so funny how those three bands just get like seem to have some sort of community, like the top comment again or not one of the one of the top comments on the like trailer of the um, Black Country trailer was like, you know, the, the pinnacle of British engineering sort of thing, <laughs> you know. And it's just again these like crossovers between Squid um and Black Country New Road and Black Midi. And again, Squid have a new track out. But yeah. we could probably talk about this in the honorable mentions. That's, down, that's definitely honorable mentions for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save that to then. I was just because the Black Country thing isn't out yet, I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like yeah. it's just really nice that they're still going and they're doing new things and that everyone's very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So. And it's cool to have like music scenes. Like I think that's something that's kind of Yeah disappeared yeah. in the last 10 years and maybe it's making a return like you know when you have the beatles you have like the english music scene with like the rolling mm. stones and the beatles and the kinks and they're all kind of getting along together we kind of don't have mm, that anymore yeah. or maybe we do but it's kind of changing i guess i think the uk is small enough like that physically yeah, bands can be jamming and doing gigs in the same area i think one of the comments was also like isaac's in the crowd like you know, um, and mm. like he'd come to see some of their shows and that sort of thing. It's kind of like really sweet. So, yeah. That's a nice one. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of um, catch up per se. Um, yeah, that was kind of the main thing that came to my mind. There's lots of like little things that have, you know, I've been, I feel like I've been a bit blinded on like some main things and I just haven't like, um, oh, there was one thing, actually. This has been on my mind. Sure. Yeah. You know how we did our top five? Yeah. I feel like, so over the past few weeks, I re-listened to some of Jacob Wilde's music and I feel like it was very remiss, remiss of me to not mention him and his latest EP, you know, Alive Alive, um, in that episode because... I had forgotten how much I loved that EP and mm. his music and how like how it has grown on me. And so I just wanted to do a particular shout out to him uh, and amend, you know, I'd really like to put that there as a very, very strong honourable mention um, <laughs> as like this was such a fantastic EP lyrically, like musically, his music is just like I just want more of it and I will go back and I'll keep listening to all those EPs and stuff like that but I just wanted to set the record straight there I 
I feel like I've just, I've had so many different things on. I've wanted to like post about this and actually just correct it, but I'm going to say it now. So there you go. Sure. No, that's, <laughs> that's what I think the catch up is for. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Let's get to reviews have then. No, I'm, I'm clean out. Cool. All right. Reviews time. So I have no idea how I found this record. Um, mm. But it is the third album from a Scottish band called The Young Fathers. And the album's called Heavy Heavy. And mm. I think this record is amazing. And I'm going to put it out mm. there at the front. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an odd blend of like African, East African rhythms and samples. Mm. Um, and then you pair it with some like pretty great 2000s alternative rock maybe some hip-hop from the same era and you kind of get this like mishmash it's a little bit like tv on the radio a little bit vampire weekend a little bit dijon a little bit peter gabriel it's all these kind of things um Mm. but it's it's lots of different artistic voices and it's pulled off exceedingly well i I don't mm. quite know how to nail down why I find this record so pleasurable, but I think it's just like the talent with which they managed to navigate all of these different influences and make it sound like as one main idea. And it's really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of it. Like you, um, I think my favorites are like uh, Geronimo, um, Geronimo or um, even the opener, like Rice and I saw are like a great pairing yeah. together. Um, oh, they're so strong. They're yeah. really, really like they grab you in right at the beginning. Yeah. And I don't know why yeah. the album art is the way that it is. Like you look at the, <laughs> the record art and you expect something like, like a tool album, I guess is what I would say. And it's like, mm. it's a very much a different vibe. Um you said they were from Ireland? Scotland. Scotland, sorry. That is not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. you gave you them a listen too. What, what did you think? Oh, I think I texted you last night because I must confess at the top of this show, I so I've recently been doing an interview and been doing a heavy amount of listening for that. So I've been a bit distracted. And then last night I was like, oh, I need to listen to Heavy Heavy because Josh has been raving about this. <laughs> and, you know, the first track, it's just like it hits you. in the uh, Yeah, I compared it to Dijon in that like felt very, very live and organic and lots mm. of like, yeah, like you say, world influences and all this kind of thing. I've only made it through a couple of tracks, but I can totally see why this is like you adore this. And yeah, like rightly so. And I, I think I shared on Instagram and then like another guy was like, oh, this is so amazing. And I'm like, okay, it seems to be hitting a lot of people in the right spot. And it, it seems really nice and succinct too. It's like a half hour album. And yeah. I, I'm looking forward to exploring my way through it. And, you know, three months later, like Dijon being like, oh, it's band heavy, heavy. <laughs> well, young fathers. So, yeah, I like you say, the album art is like this dark looking, I don't know, yeah, some sort of metal cover like you were saying, but <laughs> totally different sound within. So I dig it. I'm really excited to hear more and more of this. Yeah. And I think the... 
the succinctness of the project, I think, really helps it out. I, I noticed that, too, of, like, I would often put it on and then, like, like oh, it's over already? Like, I'll kind of listen to it again kind of thing. Like, it's, it's, it's short yeah. enough that it really, like, sticks the welcome, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm, like, it's it's odd to find an album this early on that I'm really enjoying this much, but I think this record's going to stick with me throughout this whole year, I think. Hmm. For sure. It is true what you said about um, the bravery of releasing albums like right at the beginning of the year. I think it's a wise thing in some ways because then people have your year to experience and like sometimes people are slow to get to a project. Yeah. And you don't want to release it like in October and then people just kind of miss it and get to the next year. So I don't know. I think it's it's bold of them and a few others um, that we'll talk about who have put stuff out right at the beginning. So good on them. I hope they do well. <laughs> you you disagree with Melon on this one, don't you? <laughs> I mean, Fantano gave it a seven, and that's like a, that's, yeah. that's good. I think it's better than that. Hmm. Why do you think it's better than that? Well, he he docks marks for things like uh, rhythmic fitting and certain areas of mixing. And I'm like, those are, those are not things I prioritize when I listen to when I listen to a, an album necessarily. Mm. I think the, I think they pull off their creative brief better than a seven is how I would put it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, and the mixing can be an intentional aesthetic choice, like yeah. Dijon with that like back of room kind of feel. Yeah. So yeah, you can just agree mm. to disagree. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. How about yourself, sir? You've been waiting a while for this one to come out. I have, yeah. And you know what? I was thinking about it. Um, so I've been listening to Norm by Andy Shelf, which oh. was what Josh was referring to at the beginning, Norm. Um, I'll get to the name in a moment. But I remember when the Neon Skyline came out, it was a similar sort of time frame, like he announced it at the end of one year. And it came out Jan or Feb the next. And, yeah, he has a thing. It's funny. They all get released in my summer. And so I get all these, like, um. Andy Shelf albums, you know, when it's, like, hot and kind of these summery <laughs> sorts of feels. It's very, it's a very different vibe that I imagine, like, you or others might be experiencing. It's, it's pretty like, cold anyway. at the moment, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's so freaking hot here at the moment. <laughs> It's muggy and like thunderstorms and anyway, it's, it's not great. Um, so Norm by Andy Shelf. Now, just for the uninitiated, Andy Shelf is a Canadian singer-songwriter, folk musician, mm. um, who's kind of famous in my books for having a very conceptual uh, view of albums where characters re-emerge in every song or most songs and it actually tells a linear story yeah. or at least a story um, from beginning to end. Um, it's very, very story heavy for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this came like if you listen to um, Bearer of Bad News, some of the songs are disconnected from each other but you kind of get the hint of what's going to happen with the party. But he actually did it before in the um, Someone Feeds His Demons uh I've forgotten it. Yeah, it's a little EP. So he's been doing this for a while 
And we both um, were amused by the single from Norm, which was the um, <laughs> I'm 14 and this is deep kind of, uh, you know, perspective of God, you know, talking, um, you know, to humanity was all my love wasted on you. And I was interested to see what the narrative would be about this. Yeah. And I personally feel like the narrative is much less clear than Neon Skyline and The Party. Mm. Um, Neon Skyline is very straightforward. It's like a guy who's recently, well, broken up with a girl and it's basically one evening in his life and her coming back into town and then reminiscing about events and all this sort of thing and kind of basically exploring the reason they broke up. And the party is literally also another evening from beginning to end, um, which is pretty bleak. This one seems to like jump around a lot um, as far as I can tell. The first Mm. song is from the perspective of God and then it kind of like goes to this guy Norm. My thought is that he's called Norm as in like just an average human, but I don't know. Um, I was talking with you and trying to work out how many characters are telling this story. And so far there's just three that I can figure out. Um, There's Norm, uh, sorry, there's God, there's Norm. And then there's some third party who's like in the sidelines trying to like um, stop this relationship between Norm and this girl. And then it kind of finishes off again with the all my love theme. It's much less clear to me about the actual storyline of this, but yeah, but there are like, and so I feel like it's, it's not my favorite in terms of his, Mm. because I feel like the thing I really appreciate about his work is this ability to tell a story across an album and each song. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like I'm, clouding it a little bit no no, yeah i think it's i i had a hard time picking out um what was happening all the time um Mm. i went through his interview on reddit uh this morning Mm, yeah um i didn't get to that sorry I, i think one of the things i noticed is that i felt like something was missing in this album compared to his other ones and i'm like I'm still quite undecided, but it's like some kind of um, dark edge is not included as much. Like your, hmm. like your Wendell Walker kind of song. Like it's not. Um, there's not as much tension in in the in the music or in the story, and so it found hmm. to me like the vibe was kind of similar the whole way through. Um, yeah. I wonder if that, did you see the post about his thousand days, like without a drink? Yeah. So I was wondering if there's, if there's mm. something like, I don't know. I, I, I'm always pro um, artists getting their life together rather than, yeah. you know, having them addicted to heroin and suffering for their music. I think mm. um, a healthy artist is a better artist and um, y- you have to find new places to write from when you, when you make changes like that. So maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe this album's, um, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of, I had a hard time differentiating like where the album started and where it ended kind of thing. A lot of the time that could be because mm. I was listening to it 
on YouTube as like a whole chunk as like a 35 yeah. minute chunk. Um, that maybe didn't help, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually got to listen to it quite a few times back to front in an attempt to kind of get the big picture and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For me, it was actually more of a musical thing that I didn't, that didn't connect with me as much. Mm. Like I felt like songs like Halloween store were probably the pinnacle of the album for me. Like the movement that felt a little bit like, so if we're looking at this change of brighter songwriting, um, on Neon Skyline, you've got the song, um, what's the, ma- it was the single. Um, uh, it was brighter and it had this movement to it. And yeah. Halloween Store has this like really beautiful sort of movement that kind of pushes the song along. And it doesn't have to be fast, but like I know, I remember on the party, you've got like the magician, which kind of, is really like solid, like, and beautifully kind of done or, you know, um, track three or track four, it's just like tight drumming and stuff. And I just felt there was a bit of a lack of drums on some of these songs for me. Mm. Like it was a little bit too gentle in some. And so it didn't feel like it like differentiated a whole lot from one acoustic guitar driven song to the next. Um, and there were some there were some songs that just bored me a little bit, like <laughs> you didn't see um Paradise Cinema made me laugh a little bit with the like okay, so this is part of the narrative which I enjoy when God speaks to Norm while he's like lying down watching the price is right or something like that. And he's like, Quit your wicked ways and I will lead you to the promised land. And it's like Norm, you know, says out loud, Is anybody there? And like it's just this weird <laughs> So some of the lyrical parts were funny and interesting, but then other parts I was just a little bit like, uh, I don't really know where this is going and mm. there's not enough kind of change in instrumentation to attract me to it. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's just it didn't grab me as much. But songs like Halloween Store, songs like Telephone and Wasted on You are really strong. I think they're like really good songs up alongside stuff from Neon Skyline. But as a whole, I don't think it grabbed me like the other two albums. The other, yeah. Well, other three. So fair I enough. don't know. It's a long wind of a way of saying I prefer the other albums. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, everyone. That's true. Yeah. I, you know, the whole dark songwriting thing is also interesting. Like, yeah, you never want an artist to be going through dark stuff. Um but it is his insights into these sad situations were poignant as well. But, you know, it's a, it's a hard place to write from and maybe it's a combination of, you know, trying to be more sober and other things. I don't know. I should have checked out the AMA, but, you know, it's just interesting new section of his career. And, yeah, like you, I wish him all the best and all that sort of thing. But I yeah. don't know what I'm trying to say. It's no, interesting. That's fair. Yeah, I'll come back to it and, you know, I'll keep revisiting it. I, in the end, like, actually, I really enjoyed Neon Skyline, despite at the beginning feeling similarly. <laughs> They're like, oh, this isn't oh. just quite as good as the other ones. So yeah. it might come around to me. Give it, give it time. Sure. Right. I'll give it time. There you go. Um, uh, do you want to head into homework? Yeah, sure. 
I, I feel like I've not been the like most in depth uh, on this one, but I was just browsing through uh, Bandcamp. I've been making efforts to cull my my wish list from a ridiculous <laughs> number to something more manageable, and I came across this album called uh, "Personal Best" by Trams. Trams. How did you want to pronounce Trams? T R A A M S, all caps. Um, the reason it caught my eye was I thought the album art was quite clever. This photograph of a a woman with wet hair from behind, just the back of her head, just you know, like when something's simple enough and mm you know, mysterious enough, it grabs your eye. And then I was like, saw the tag shoegaze and I thought, ooh, I'll, I'll have a listen to this. <laughs> and after listening to the first couple of songs, I thought, ah, oh, maybe this is a Josh album because although the first song, Sirens, was kind of really synthy, we got to dry song two and it was like it felt a little bit TV priest, a little bit like yeah. rough bass and kind of bigger drums and stuff. And I thought, okay, I'll send this through the Josh and see what he thinks. What did you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, drums. I, drums. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I gave it a couple listens through. Um, hmm. And I do find myself, um, I really enjoy the, uh, the grouping of the first three songs together, I think that really gives mm. you a good picture for how this album clicks with like the more um, keyboardy um, yep. kind of uh, sparse intro and then kind of the more rocky second song dry. Um, and so it's, it's, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call this a shoegaze album. Um, it's a little more kind of synthy than that. Um, mm. but yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I think I need to give it a couple more tries to be honest with you. Um, though I, I think I enjoyed it. I maybe would have anticipated like from the, the like tags on the band camp out, I, I would expect a little more kind of like loudness and fire from like, they have like punk and shoegaze and grunge mm. under all these tags and it's not like that it's a little more relaxing than that if you ask me um mm. yeah well maybe, breathe maybe, after yeah. dry breathe is all program drums and so yeah it's not nearly as intense as the previous one so yeah no that's a good point yeah so i think this is kind of um a really great uh merging of kind of like modern um synth pop synth rock and like some of these older uh like 90s kind of grungy standards of music and then you have like the program drums to kind of bounce them together so i think yeah i really enjoyed um the hmm. combination for sure i need to again give it another listen to you to really nail down i think one of my favorites are but i've enjoyed it so far yeah. for sure no, that's fair. I, I um, It was interesting. I read through the, the description of the album. Apparently this is their first in seven years and there was a, like, they had a rehearsal space where they couldn't, like, make huge amounts of noise <laughs> after a certain time. And so I think that the, 
you know, having to pair it back a little bit was a bit of a change in their sound. So maybe it's not the best Trams, Trams song uh, album to start with. Trams. <laughs> reminds uh, but- me of that. What was that other band I sent you that you, um, Trap, Troop with the helmets? What are they called again? T R W P or something? Uh, twerp. Twerp. <laughs> with the helmets. Anyway. I, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I've, I mean, I think it's interesting because a lot of the, the post-punk scene out of England at the moment is like your, like your 30 to 40 year old male front guy, you know, tattoos, blue collar, um, kind of aggressive, kind of cheeky. Um, everything's kind of like wound down and aggro. And I think this is a, like, this comes from a similar Genesis, but is a very different way of doing it. And I think that's a good thing. So I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pro this existing for sure. Yeah. 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 I, it's the whole blind date album. I was just like, I'll throw this at you. See how we go. <laughs> yeah. Partly because yeah. I foolishly was like, I've got your homework. And you said, oh, you've already given me this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find something else. Quick smart. Um, no. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you found some of it interesting and maybe it will sit yeah. in your your shoegaze list for later. It'll we'll definitely see. stew for a bit, I think, yeah. Yeah, cool. Why uh, don't you tell listeners what you gave me as my homework? Yeah, so this is a bit of a... I wasn't sure whether to do this or not. Um so I gave Asher the uh, latest release from the band Arctic Monkeys. Um, and I don't know how much you know about them as a band, Asher, but they've been on a bit of a, a bit of a journey as, mm. uh, as they've gotten older. Their music has gotten stranger. And um, I, for <laughs> one, applaud that as an institution. Um they they have a couple of like gigantic mega hit albums. Not earlier, taking the Weezer. Not taking the Weezer. Not there. taking the Weezer approach. So they have like earlier albums which are like much more punk driven, and then they have mm. like their middle phase, which they got super famous for bringing back like rock and roll hairstyles. And um, I'm sure you like. I'm sure you heard some of their songs on the radio over and over and over again. And probably. Um, I think it's interesting for a band to make a choice after having arguably their like highest point of success and say, we could keep making albums like A&M over and over and over again and make Mm. bazillions of dollars. Or we could like do something really strange and just start drawing influences from like Scott Walker and David Bowie and just make weird yeah. stuff over and over again. So I really um, heard the Scott Walker in this. Yeah. One. So this is their second <laughs> album in this kind of like new form of just making weird stuff that they're in. And uh, this, this is called the car and mm. it draws heavily from, I think like, uh, late 1970s, early 1980s, British Baroque pop stuff, and it's yeah. odd. I yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this album still yet. But I thought it's weird. Maybe Asher could have a look. He's listened to more Scott Walker than I have. Um, Ash is a weird guy. Okay, Ash is a weird guy. <laughs> and I think there's some like there's some genuine artistic attempts from a from a band that could, you know beholden to not do that so i thought what yeah what do, what do you think of the car asher yeah it's tricky because like 
I don't know a lot about the Arctic monkeys. Yeah. Again, it's that whole thing of, um, you know, of a band almost as an institution and you've never actually gotten around to listening to what they're like. You just mm. know of them. So this is my first proper introduction to Arctic monkeys and it's probably a weird place to start. <laughs> um, but I did, I did try and read up a little bit about them and I was... I was a bit surprised to find they were British, but that does make, you know, when I was like listening going, very Scott Walker, that makes a lot of sense. And it's that Bowie sort of thing. Yeah. I think I mentioned to someone recently that the 70s is really my blind spot when it comes to like musical understanding. Like I don't quite get the grandiose sort of string sort of orchestra alongside ballady type of songs mm. with like kind of unusual solos and things like that like it's never gelled with me like I just don't think my parents listened to a lot of stuff in the 70s and I've never quite understood it you know you've introduced me to Bowie and you've got me onto things like that so when I listen to this I'm really impressed by the musicality of it like his vocal is incredible like it's beautiful falsetto parts and very well sung and beautifully orchestrated and even like the like bass sound in I think I ain't quite where I think I am like you know they've really gone for some interesting tone color and different <laughs> sections of this like they haven't just made it ballady 70s stuff they've brought in like modern sorts of things and it is quite compelling you know seeing this sparse album cover and the car like it's it is very avant-garde in some ways of this this concept album but i mean it's just kind of based around just a lot of the songs ended up having uh, mentioning the car and i was reading about the recording process where the lead singer was trying to make it heavier and stuff and things just didn't work and so Mm. he actually brought things back to just guitar and piano and you can hear that i was reflecting it felt a little bit like um um father john misty at times like that same kind of show tune feeling stuff. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah and like beautiful harmonies and this dry vocal sound and yeah i th- i think overall if i was to think about this this is not not an album that really grabs me i couldn't feel like i do admit that i could have given this more listens through but i think as like a general vibe it just didn't seem to grab me it felt a little bit too a bit too like <laughs> slow maybe felt like a lot of the songs were very slow and yeah. and they all seemed to be in a very similar like sound they yeah just kind of wasn't a lot of amazingly um, apparent differentiation and like I know that when you're listening to things more closely you can really hear the difference between all of these tracks but it just also not like a huge I don't know much about cars I know that sounds really silly but like I just you know sometimes <laughs> what was that I saw a great tweet recently that was like he drove a 1757 something you know oh, sorry a 1957 something <laughs> yeah. and like you know and someone's like wow that's this guy is amazingly rich rich slash really poor you know like i don't know if that's supposed to be a a fancy car or a bad car like and so sometimes the references just go over my head but like you know it's still it was still amazing to listen to with the 
you know, beautifully recorded, like great stuff. Yeah. I would still listen to this again as an example of, of those kinds of things. I did like the bass sounds, but, you know, it just... I don't know. I like Scott Walker because he's a little bit more avant-garde and this felt like kind of halfway between, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm a bit bit mild meh on this one. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I, I feel kind of similarly. I, mm. um, I, I have been a Arctic Monkeys fan since their first EP released when we were like 20. 1920. Oh, right. Um, so I've been like following their career quite extensively. Um, mm. And I think like as, cause they're of similar age to us, they're like in a, a phase of like, they, they want to kind of cut out that kind of like, like rock and roll performative mask that you have to have in order to be part of the music industry. And I think a number of the songs on this album are like about that, like hmm. um, body paint or mirror ball. Um, hmm. are kind of the a, mirror ball a, one was cool. Yeah, like there kind of like, be a mirror ball. <laughs> like thematically about like breaking away from the mold. And I think you're right in that these songs are different and a little bit weird, but they're not like fully out there, and they're still not quite like I don't know. There's not enough there's not enough melodic work in a lot of them to really make them stick. Um, one or two of the Most songs of are it's great. in the vocals. Yeah. Like, yeah, but there's not a lot of like other instruments adding that kind of thing. Like there's not a lot of riffs or kind of motifs that you remember except for the vocal. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe that's like <laughs> the next step that they evolved to, but I, um, mm. I definitely see that. And I don't know. I'm ha- I'm content loving one or two songs off the album, I guess. But it's hmm. uh, I don't know. I guess I'm happy that they're still doing their weird thing. <laughs> hmm. For sure. Do you think some of them are a bit ballady, like you know, Dark Side of the Moon, like, or is that a bit of a weird stretch? Mm. It's th- it's not the first connection I would make, but I wouldn't say no. Hmm. I'll still keep I'll keep listening and thinking. Yeah, I feel like I'm not super qualified, so everybody I mean, take my like. I th- I thought about like <laughs> I, I, I thought about starting you off with like their first album, and like mm. progressively we'd go through the next like seven together. But I feel like that's such a long play that it's not worth it. Um, I might go back and have a listen. Like I'll do my. my I mean, their first two albums are very different. I'll I'll, I'll put that out there um, from this. Um, Noted. Anyway. I'm glad I'm glad you gave it a go. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, honorable mentions time. Yes, let's do it. Big one first, which I'm sure we're going to talk about is mm. uh, Lankham. Oh our, yes, our favorite Irish horror folk band. Um, <laughs> I thought they were post. Rock folk, but yes, I, I call them, I call them well. neo folk. I don't know what to call them. Um, yes, <laughs> they are. They are both playing shows and releasing an album, um, mm. which is exceedingly exciting. And they put out a first single, um, which is uh, quite tough to listen to, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
lyrically, yes. Yes, I um, I guess this is something that Lankum is like now going to kind of be known for, which is like a re-contextualizing of like Irish songs, Irish folk songs, which typically mm. have fairly dour lyrics accompanied with your like, your kind of jig or real um, backing, which makes them feel very different to what they're actually about. Um, mm. And Lankham are going, no, actually the lyrics of these songs, like this is a song about a girl who falls in love, maybe gets pregnant and the guy won't support her. So she hangs herself. And actually that song doesn't deserve to have a jig behind it. It should be something else. And um, yeah. I think that's really powerful. And they're, they know their stuff. The one of the two, um, well, one of the two brothers, one of the two uh, Lynch brothers in the band, he runs a podcast, which is like an Irish folk music history podcast. And I listen to it sometimes and he knows his stuff. So when they kind mm. of, when it comes to like, people who are adept at tackling this kind of idea. I mean, these guys are perfect for it. So I'm really happy they're making another album. Um, mm. And it's coming out relatively soon. Yeah. It's quite an epic too, you know, like yeah. eight and a half minutes is your lead single. You're like, oof. Yeah. Heavy. I haven't heavy. watched the clip yet, but I think it oh, looks clip, good. Clip's also heavy. It got me in a weird space where I was, this is not an honorable mention. This is a tangent. I was listening to Metallica in like a yes. similar headspace. <laughs> I remember this happening a couple of weeks ago. And you're like kept sending me, I'm listening to this and this. And this. Dude, I'm, I've been listening to the song One by Metallica on a fairly regular basis. And I'm convinced hmm. that it's A, a great song and B, like not that far away from what Lankham is doing, to be honest. More it's guitar funny. solos. I often think about if I if I enjoy old Metallica, like the Unforgiven Part One and Two are pretty yeah. amazing, and yeah. probably in the same vein as One, that like um, very you know nylon strings sort of thing, and then mixing it with heavy rock. But they were masters of writing a beautiful melody. Like the melody on both of those Part One and Part Two tracks is beautiful, and so. Yeah. You know, Lankham, yeah, are also... Because this Go Dig My Grave is a folk song, right? Like mm -hmm. you were saying. And so, you know, it's a strong melody. And it's the melody and the kind of lyric which they're bringing to a new context. And it's just... Yeah, and so they have they have a really strong source material. And it's it's great. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> your your Metallica face was amusing, though. <laughs> I mean, I... I don't like new Metallica. I will freely agree to that. I don't really think I've listened to much. We were we were both watching that. Oh, what was the gig? The Master of Puppets one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one, one. one in Seattle from nineteen eighty nine. Anemic, the poor guys. I felt so bad for them. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Um, okay, <laughs> it's a lot of hair. <laughs> it's a lot of hair. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. What else? Um, things we have in common. Uh, Squid. Mm -hmm. we, talked, we talked about Squid. Um, they are releasing a new album on in a couple months. Um, yeah. Oh, Monolith? I think. Yeah. The opening song didn't particularly grab me, to be honest, but I mean, I'm, I'm here for Squid, whatever they put out. Um, mm. It's going to be a trip. I would have liked more unhinged yelling vocals than, <laughs> yes. than were present, but, you know, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. For sure. 
Um, I yeah. think that's the only two that I have that will be similar. Okay. Um, you never know. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm try to narrow some of these down. Um, you don't have to. It's fine. While on an Irish kick, I found a, a three-piece band, I think from Chicago, um, who just kick-started their album of uh, Irish music um, called Fulane is the name of the band. And okay. um, they do a really good job. They do a couple, they have a couple songs out already. One of which is a cover of a Pete Seeger song, which is really good. Um, obviously very different from Lankham. These guys are trying to get more towards the traditional, you know, banjo fiddle kind of pairing. Um, hmm. So they do a really good job of that. And I'm really excited for that album to come out. Um, what else is there? Uh, yes. Uh, a favorite of mine, which we actually never talked about last year, was a band called Geese. Um, they're from New York, and I think. And they had an album come out maybe 2019, 2020. And it was in like a weird place of like, there are some parts of it which are amazing. And there are some parts of which are like, I think this is really bad. And geese, like, as geese. in G-E-E, so G-E-E-S-E. S-E, yeah. Yeah. So, so I the, can't so see one from 2019, just from it's 2021. Got, it's got like a dude and, in the forest. Yeah, projector. Big eyes. Yeah, projector. That's yeah. One. Okay. Um, so I was like, this is a band to watch. They've got like interesting stuff going on. Not all that I like. Hmm. Um, they released a new single uh, a couple weeks ago called Cowboy Nudes. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm looking at this. And I have been playing that song back to back to back to back. It is so good. Um, okay, cool. It's it like <laughs> it reminds me of like peak Rolling Stones with a bit of the Strokes, and then there's a drum break drum break in the middle, which is so chaotic and strange. Um, I think you'll love it if you listen to it. It's like it's like a 37, a 30 second drum break and it's just pure chaos. And it's like, where is this going? <laughs> this song is amazing. Um, Strong yes. drums, Josh likes. Strong drums, Josh likes. Great singing performance as well. Um, yeah, cool. And then. They, they look like they could be, you know, uh, sort of Viagra boys like, but is it different again? It's different again. They're, they're younger. Okay. They're more hip. Yeah. Um, mm. I think last I'll give you I'll give you one I'll I'll do one more. Um lastly on the sound gaze shoegaze front is the album from Paranual we haven't talked about. Um uh yeah, we've talked about Paranual but not this new one maybe. Yeah, we talked about like a tiny bit. So, um Paranual is a Korean shoegaze artist. Um mm. which is always surprising. Like uh, in the in the 90s um my shoegaze historian moment is nineties shoegaze is very, very localized. It's like, um, parts of Ireland and like the East coast of England are like where shoegaze mm. is from. And it's kind of fascinating now, you know, 30 years later that we can have, um, a guy make songs entirely in Korean with this mm. very different, you know, source material. So, um, I find uh, Paranul's music kind of hard to listen to. He takes the really uh, 
piercing high-pitched edge of shoegaze often to a point that I don't particularly enjoy. Like there's, there's different kinds of um, feedback and distortion, right? And some mm. distortion is like warm and some is really pitchy. And he likes to use the yeah. pitchy stuff a lot. And that kind of, I'm, that's not my favorite. So I, I'm really happy that people are accepting, you know, this guy and that shoegaze is getting, you know, more popular and more diverse. That's great. Um, mm. This album's not quite my cup of tea, but it, it's really good. And I recommend people give it a listen if they want to, um, for sure. Mm. Yeah, just save the album to give it a go. Yeah, that's all I'm going to talk about. There's, I have like seven more, but I'll I'll put them on the back burner and save them for next time. <laughs> How about you? Well, sir? Do you have if, honorable mentions? If I do mine and you still feel the urge, then just let me know. Um, so I don't know if you saw this. I didn't even get a chance to send it through. Um, Neutral Milk have released an unreleased EP. Like yes, um, and was this one that you had? I know they've been doing stuff. I haven't actually listened to it. Yeah, so I picked it up uh, on the last Bandcamp Friday and I quite like it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I've I've listened to it a, bunch, uh, a few times through and it is very, like it's a lot more unproduced, like it was all um, a little <laughs> bit more lo-fi. <laughs> I know, right? Can, can it get more lo-fi? <laughs> Yes, it can actually. Is the it's just, answer? It's just a just a hum of a tape machine and the guitar <laughs> in the distance. Yeah, distant, like a massive hiss on top of everything. Um, I'm I'm quite enjoying it, so I recommend checking that out. There's a few singles as well. I think this is like the twentieth, twenty fifth anniversary of in an airplane over the sea or something. Oh, and so they're okay, putting out right, some things. So, um, yeah, check it out. I've, I've enjoyed it. I'll chuck a few songs on the playlist. Um, yeah, I like Neutral Milk and I'm excited for more. So, yeah. Um, I've only got really two others because mine are a little bit all over the place at the moment. Um, I bought tons of stuff <laughs> over Bandcamp Friday. Some of them <laughs> were like old things. Some of them were new things. I picked an, up an insane amount of uh, ambient music <laughs> discographies. <laughs> um, so I've just been like floating Shock, on a shocked, cloud. I tell you. <laughs> I know, right? Can't be surprised. Um, and anyway, I won't need, I won't talk about that because it will come out soon. Um, but two ones that are a little bit different that are interesting. One, um, Flowex, who I mentioned recently talking about Andrew Tasselmeyer. Mm. Um, he is a Czech Republican, um, mostly game composer, like OSTs. And so he's released um, a soundtrack for a game called Shoulders of Giants, which is basically a roguelike where you're cute amphibians or other animals in mechs, similar oh. to like Star Fox, as one friend compared it. It looks a bit like Risk of Rain. Anyway, okay. he's written this beautiful soundtrack, which is a bit Risk of Rainy, like the Chris Chris Dulu um, yeah. sort of sound. And I've been listening to it for the past few days and really liking it. So, Flowex, you know, like I was thinking about how electronic music can all kind of sound a bit similar if you don't get under the hood or you don't use samples and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Flowex manages to like bring in enough to like make it really stand out, but he's also doing a fantastic job as his 
job of like making a really appealing soundtrack for a game. So he walks a good line. Um, yeah, so I'll chuck some tracks on the playlist and I hope you enjoy. Um, the last thing, this is kind of not really a music thing, but Kenny Beats has done some cool um, oh, merch yes. stuff. Were, were you um, going to mention this? I wasn't, but he's been uh, he's been very active. Um, yeah. So for those who haven't seen, Kenny Beats <clears throat> kind of set up a, a shop in LA and he was selling a, a Fender guitar, like a green you know, in the theme of Louis and he's done a collab with uh, Teenage Engineering and releasing a PO33, which is the KO version, but with some of his samples, which is awesome. Um, and he's done a few other things. I can't remember them all, but like he, had, he, he, he was also on the NPR Tiny Desk as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The That's sa- right. The same week. He's had a big week. Yeah, yeah, yeah massive. So... I've really liked seeing all the stuff he's been up to. And like after you reviewed it, I gave it a little bit more of a listen. Like it still hasn't grabbed me in the same way, but like I really appreciate, you know, this new phase of his career where he's like, this is my music and I'm going to do some like really interesting collabs and things like that. So yeah, yeah, good for him. And um, him and uh, the idols, were they at the Grammys? They were at the Grammys. (laughs) I'm I'm, it was a nice I'm very purple dress. <laughs> I'm very proud they didn't destroy anything. I'll say that much. I know it's very restrained of them, um, but yeah, I I'm just happy for them and doing their thing. So that was cool. <laughs> so thanks for listening to episode 58 of what we're listening to. We've been really enjoying the year so far, as you can tell. Lots of exciting things to listen to. Ooh, ooh, um, ooh, ooh. We have lots more, I'm sure. So. Um, keep an ear out we have a new interview coming out soon um, and some more things on the horizon so don't stop sending us uh, music to listen to Um, please you know rate us on various listening places and share us with your friends all that kind of thing we love chatting together and kind of having a little catch up about everything that we've been hearing so thanks for joining in and we will see you next time See you, Josh. See you, mate.